Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. At Bridge Farm Cafe, we always use Sarah Smith cloths. When I was at Brookfield, they only had those nasty blue and white ones. But these are a bit vintage, like our furniture. Balance says I have to call our cakes vintage, not stale. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. Skip the dinner, ba 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 da Skip the dinner, da da Skip the dinner, da 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 This program is brought to you by a kind donation by Peter Sturck, who'd like to promote the good works of WaterAid. Since retiring, Peter has joined their speaker network, giving talks in schools and community groups such as the WI about the charity. He's passionate about its aim to provide clean, safe drinking water and sanitation to all the world by 2030. It's incredible that in the 21st century, 650 million people do not have access to clean water. That's one in 10 of the world's population, and that 2.3 billion, one in three, do not have access to adequate sanitation. Over 1,400 children die each day from diarrhoea caused by unsafe water and poor sanitation. WaterAid works with local partners in some of the poorest parts of the world to provide the necessary services. You can find out how you can help by going to wateraid.org.uk. Hello. You might recognise my voice as the long-departed and rather missed Nigel in The Archers. Well, I, Graham Seed, will be joining Royville Lucy and hopefully you for dinner and drinks at the Portman Pub, 51 Upper Bartley Street, Melbourne, London W1H7QW, from 8pm on Saturday, November the 14th. The dinner is priced at an excellent £35 for three courses, plus a £2 booking fee. So, if you would like to meet other Archer fans and me, head over to dumptydum.com and book your place now. Oh, I'll be the one in the gorilla suit. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality doctor come without a centre and Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Jill Archer's apple pie that is Royfield Brown. And with me I have Andy Cardboard's Pear Flan, a.k.a. Lucy Freeman. 
and the last part of our village supper folks is you now today's most excellent <laughs> was brought in by curly sanderson that was it was awesome. amazing when i first started playing it i just stopped dead and thought what the hell is this and then you it thought was it just was louis bad. armstrong didn't you scabbed i did it was fantastic that will be making a reappearance on frequent dumby dums it will just just oh that floored me absolutely floored me brilliant curly we salute you we salute you um but lucy Mm -hmm. if somebody would like to do a somewhat of a second grade impersonation of curly sanderson doing a dumpty dum or try and top it somehow how can they do that and win the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the week? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or hide your muffins behind a lukewarm baking tray, ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Uh, oh, by the way, Sarah Smith has seen an increase in... Um, um, figures, you know, more people have bought it, whatever the marketing term is, you know. What's the word, Royfield? Uh, I think you've done it, really. They've seen an increase in people that yeah. are More aware. people are buying it than what was buying it before. So that's good. So keep doing whatever it is you're doing, i.e. buying things. People. I'll tell you what's Thank rather you. nice as well. There was, an, there was a, a tweet type thing from somebody which I saw on the Twitters this week when they went, um, I've discovered Dum Dum. I'm obsessed by this nonsense. I even bought some Sarah Smith. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, I've forgotten who that was. Yes, no, I saw that as well. It was very sweet. Uh, and thank you also to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek has been enthused by rugby, having watched the World Cup, and he's been playing with Charlie. He did well, went for a try, and came from behind after 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, i tell you what, you know. What? I could tell you something about coming from behind. No, right. there, there's there, there's a there's a study an academic study, which is doing the rounds at the moment about the sexual habits of, of young Brits. Right. Mm. Good. I don't. But want anyway. To know. Yes. Anyway, problems with speak pipe update. Leicester City have been coming from behind quite a lot this season. <laughs> Claudio Ranieri. I don't know what he does with these halftime team talks, but Leicester always seem to come from behind. Good old mm. Leicester. Good old Leicester. Mm. Anyway, the problems with the speak, di- speak pipe update. Speak dyke? Speak. They don't come from behind. <laughs> <laughs> they very much come from Oh, behind. this has started well. Four minutes in. Bloody hell. It's going to be one of those, folks. <sighs> yes, there are problems galore with speak pipe. I don't now, think we need to tell people that. I'm not sure that's going to come as news to anybody. Well, mm, but we have... a. A couple of slight solutions. So, two tips. Number one, we think the issue is to do the new iOS update on your phones and tablets. So, if you have a device or laptop that you've never used before to make a call, it should work if you use it. So, if you've been using your phone or your tablet to do it, use your laptop and it should be fine. Second tip, Lucy? Uh, use the number 0203 3105. We know it's not as good as speak pipe in it's terms of old quality. school. It's tradition. Just think of it as vintage. Vintage. Yes, that's what exactly. you're doing. Exactly. Think of Fallon's Tea Shop. You can be the Kath Kidston of caller inners by <laughs> actually using a phone. You can even pick it up and say Darabi 389 if you like. We don't oh, mind. Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah. No, please, please, please persevere. But I will get 
on the blower with Vladimir yet again. Well, I'll communicate with him. I didn't actually call him the first time. But I'm getting on there with Vladimir and I'm going to go have it out with the Russian because it's not good enough. We pay good money for this service and it's not bloody working. Right. On this week's episode, we have calls from Yoko Bear, who wants to go on Joe's ghost tour. Emily Thomas, who wants Ian back. Jojo Sexy Hills, who wants Humble Pie to be eaten. And Witherspoon, who wants to know how the entire village knows Calendar Girls off by heart. Can I just quickly say, I've always thought that. And I've, and I've said to myself, is it because I'm not um, a literary middle class type that I don't know every play produced in the last 100 years and every, <laughs> I've actually thought this I thought how stupid no, but that? They t- I mean when they do things like you know the importance of being earnest or, or whatever then 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 you're more likely to know that but calendar girls was a kind of a it's a very niche thing really and it's not surprising no one knows but it's very surprising that apparently the entire village knows it off by heart the, the narrative arc of every character it's ridiculous the importance of being earnest where's it mm. set which town uh, oh, well, he go, he go. I don't know because he goes. He starts off in London, and then I he thought goes you off, said everybody knows everything. And about. then, and then he goes off Bunburying, doesn't he? But I'm not sure. Is it? Is it? Ham- no, Hampshire. He goes down to, doesn't he? I think. I don't know. Yeah. I just know the general outline. He goes it, off but... Bunburying, and uh, I think it's Hampshire, but I'm not sure. So you can't even remember where it's set, but everybody knows every line of it. No, I didn't say everyone knew every line. Everyone knows sort of. If somebody said to you, do you want to play Ernest in The Importance of Being Ernest, you would know pretty much what the role entailed. If someone said, do you want to play Chris in Calendar Girls, apparently you would also go, oh, thank goodness, that means I get that lovely speech where she says blah, 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 or whatever. <laughs> anyway, they're a different breed apart, aren't they, those residents of Ambridge? <laughs> but I tell you, Susan Carter, if we're going to continue this... Susan Carter shouldn't know, should she? She shouldn't have the kind of same literary references that yeah, Lynn but, Snell's going to have. No, but, and it's not literary, Calendar Girls. It really doesn't count No, as no, no, but no, but I'm on about all the other stuff, all no, the but other what, plays. But what Susan would do is the sec, even if she hadn't, she didn't know any, all she'd know about it was that they, they got Phil. the kit off. Yeah. And, but what she would do the second she heard that was what Linda was doing, she'd go rushing off to Tinternet and yeah. and get on it and find out who was the main character, wouldn't she? Or who she would like to play. But in that scene, she just knew, didn't she? Yeah. As she's now apparently reinvented herself as Dame Judi Dench. Uh, more on all of that nonsense later. And at the end of the show, uh, we have a very special conversation with Amy Gilbert, her listener, who was inspired to make a life-changing decision by Helen. But first, before the caller in that are brave, the vagaries of technology and got through, and before we have Amy Gilbert... It's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. Charlie has decided to repair his reputation in the village by auditioning for Calendar Girls. He will be taking the part of a huge cucumber that Susan Carter can hide behind. Uh, Charlie <laughs> has given up trying to get Linda to talk to him and has so far avoided telling her that it is her dog that has run around giving all the cows mumps. And there's going to be a second wave of it. So that's something to look forward to. Maybe it will strike the geese or Peggy. Adam spoke to David about the Fair Brethren's crackpot scheme to put cows in the same playpen they've got their 342,000 gigantic geese in, egged on by Pip, who is still leaping up and down, shouting, play with me, play with me, play with me! They then produced a business plan. Well, Mm. Pip wrote it and the Fair Brethren coloured it in after they'd had a play fight over who was going to use the green pen. Mm. 
Uh, Ed decided that the role of farmer is not for him. He cannot afford to replace the cows that got shoplifted and he uses the tractor to do work to pay for the tractor that he bought to do the work with. Excellent sound business sense there. (laughs) The day was saved by Oliver Sterling, gentleman farmer with his spotless Wellington boots. He rang Ed from the mud-spattered fields of... Uh, Tuscany to tell him that with all his years of experience at running a hotel he knew a good farmer when he saw one and Ed was not to give up so based on this one man commendation Ed is still a farmer just one with no cows land and someone else's tractor just one thing though Oliver it was not just bad luck what happened to Ed it was being poor being poor not being able to afford insurance which means when bad luck does happen it completely obliterates you that is the bit you don't get anyway eddie and joe said much the same thing but they said it pissed and crossed to charlie who was sitting rocking (laughs) in the corner of the ball sucking his (laughs) thumb while adam patted his back and offered him his blankie uh we heard joe's ghost walk which was mostly joe going and the audience replying and a good time was had by all the ghost of Nigel Pargeter has apparently decided to start cross-dressing and dancing around the minstrel's gallery, which presumably makes him, according to Joe, a transvestite. Elizabeth <laughs> says she sometimes glimpses him just out the corner of her eye. I'm not bloody surprised a six-foot hooray in a Basque type spelting out my heart belongs to daddy would certainly be difficult to ignore. Jill, meanwhile, is being haunted by the ghost of Julia Pargeter rattling wine bottles and refusing to share her home with a woman that says pardon and toilet. Carol Toboggan tried to subtly tell her to shut up moaning, but Jill is convinced that her knickknacks are getting up Julia's nose, so I suggest you move out, Jill. Uh, Kirsty is in situ at the health club, waving her loofah about and slapping around in her flip-flops. She is being coerced into the <clears throat> Christmas play by Linda. Everyone knows perfectly well that Linda asks everyone that doesn't move fast enough if they'll be in her blasted performance, regardless of gender, age or suitability. And yet, whenever Linda asks anyone to be in the play, they always say, Me? In utter incredulity, as if they were expecting her to ask them to go yachting around Bermuda. All except Susan, who now believes she is a BAFTA award-winning actress. She's less than chuffed about the choice of play. However, Linda preyed on her rampant snobbery and she eventually agreed to unveil her discounted items because Elizabeth was going to too. (laughs) Susan reminded Linda that Tristan Hawkshaw said it was unusual to find someone of her particular talents. The ability to wear a nylon tabard and not catch fire, rub chilli into a pigman and be prurient (laughs) and judgmental about her friends and neighbours. Usha who only appears when someone needs something soliciting or when someone needs to meet in a cafe and cry, had a heart-to-heart with Elizabeth. Elizabeth talked about her disastrous relationship with Droy. I just wanted to feel something. Well, she did that all right. Then Usha had a heart-to-heart with Ruth, which was jolly. They listened to Radiohead while they talked about her dead mother. So that was very, very, very fun, that episode. I've not laughed so much since Miranda. And in the meantime, <laughs> for the sake of a spurious storyline, Brookfield is going to hell in a handcart. Everyone is expecting Ruth to conjure up meals while continually denying that that's what they're doing. The whole family is now reduced to shaking bits out of the toaster for supper and the boys are all wearing PE kit and onesies as they're too lazy to put the sodding washing machine on. For goodness sake, Josh has just passed his driving test and can drive to Northumberland and back and yet goes running to Granny to tell her that he's starving to death rather than getting in his car and driving to Sainsbury's. 
Surely making a cheese toasty for the family is not beyond his capabilities. Brookfield sells meat. There is internet shopping for crying out loud. Cease this storyline at once. They live in the country, not in the 16th century. Yours, Irritated of East London. The end. Oh, I like that. There's some funny bits in it this week. <laughs> there, was, there was. such a git. You are. There was. There was, there was a bit about displaying your, your discounted wares, yes. which I wish I'd, it's made me titter. I am well going. Done. I am going to after uh, when you produce this, when you edit it. I am going to to text you afterwards and say I quite liked it this week, Royfield. There was some quite good producing bits. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to steal my lines. Why don't you? <laughs> I have a confession to make. What? I missed the show this week, and I thought I had, but I wasn't quite sure. But when you talked about Oliver, I thought, oh. I didn't hear oh, that. Oh, it was ridiculous. You didn't miss anything, believe me. Are you I, sure? Yes, I was putting laundry away, uh, listening and shouting while it went on. Yeah, it's what? just, it, it was but genuinely... Was the wash as white as normal? Well, <laughs> it was genuinely Oliver saying to uh, to Ed, um, I believe in you, Ed. Don't you dare let me down. I know a good farmer when I see one. You know, for... <laughs> Oh, it's just ridiculous. It's, you know, yes, carry on doing the disastrous job that you're doing, Ed, that just continually goes wrong. Don't think about making a new start. Just keep fucking up over and over and over again. And um, <laughs> is Ed incompetent or is he just unlucky? No, he's not incompetent, is he? But you need a certain, you know, it's like, it's sadly true that you can't, you have to have a certain amount of bounce money behind you to be a farmer because it is so unpredictable and when you're operating down to the wire the whole time like ed you can't you know if something goes wrong you are wiped out and you have to start again from the beginning and you can't you can only do that sort of twice you can't you can't just keep doing it that's what that's what um oliver doesn't understand you know he can always just you know sell a couple of shares and start again or something like that or you know the fair brethren saying oh we'll just go and ask our friends in the city for more money you know that's how it that's how it works that's why there are not so many farmers now that that that, that don't live on inherited money because it's too unpredictable to do it unless you've got land behind you a collateral you know mm. no uh completely and utterly uh agree and I remember when I started my shop all those years ago, I started it with, with 500 quid and I thought I was being incredibly clever and incredibly thrifty, but you put your finger on it, I didn't have any bounce money. Mm. So as soon as my first big bill came, even though uh, my sales were increasing all the time, I was in major problems. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're completely right. You're completely right. Um, however, a um, bit, bit of a funny and truncated show this week. Um, so, is it fill time again? No. Why? We've got calls. We haven't got that many, though, have we? We've got enough. Have we? Yeah. All right, then. Well, why don't we listen to a few, then? All right. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first, Lucy? Bear. Hello, it's Yokel Bear here calling from Spooky Yokel Show because it's Halloween. And I love Halloween. And, you know, what's going to go on in Ambridge in, on Halloween? Will there be a ghostly goosing at um, 
at Grey Gables. Who knows? Mind you, that's probably Toby getting a bit handsy. Um, you know, I absolutely love this week. Joe's ghost tour was just comedy genius. I mean, it's just... Uh, I mean, Joe, 94, um, was... It's absolutely born to do that. Um, just, he was just making shit up, basically, wasn't he? And I, I kind of, I kind of respect that. Carrying on with the Halloween theme um, on Friday night's episode, when um, when um, Rob said, "Oh, look at the scan. He's perfect." In my head, I added the sentence on the end, from his horns on his head right down to his cloven feet. Um, because you just know, it, you know, it's the Antichrist, isn't it? Tis the season and all that. So, um, but yeah, kind of enjoyed this week. Right, I'm going to get off now because what with it being Halloween, I'm just going to throw myself into it and hope at some point at the weekend, you know, I have the willies put up me. Okay then, bye. Oh, I like a bit of yokel bear. We've missed you, Yokel Bear. We have. And I do hope that you, as you said, that you got the willies up you at some point over Halloween. <laughs> yokel Bear. Um, yes, that was a lovely bit of round the horn innuendo and made me laugh. Um, he loved Joe's ghost stories. I liked Joe's ghost stories as well. It was nice to hear Joe kind of getting carried away and, you know, having a bit of creative creativity and fun and just being the old sod that he is you know because mm. sometimes he kind of, you kind of feel like joe is forever being uh forced into this sort of elder wise man role that he's you know profoundly unsuited for really um and you know occasionally he has a word with 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 edward and and with Ed, with edward and, and sort of says the right thing and jollies him along but you know i quite like it when joe's just an old bugger you know i quite like that uh so and he was being an old bugger again telling a load of nonsense stories about uh, nannies tuck that would have scared the bejesus out of me if i was a little child about the ghost nanny coming in and tucking you in mm. you know what as Elizabeth said, there is a bit of a fine line, isn't there? You know, you're scaring the bejesus out of little kids and then, you know, your teenagers liking things a little bit kind of gothic yeah. and whatever. There is yeah. completely, utterly a fine line. Uh, but yes, oh, we're glad you're back, Yoko Bear. It's very nice to hear you again. Well, it's according to him, he was there last week, but we just didn't seem to find his call. Oh. Mm. Oh, dear. Next, we have Emily Thomas in France. Oh, I like Emily Thomas. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Emily, the au pair from Paris. It's been two weeks of school holidays here in France, and I've been going crazy with 13-hour shifts of childcare. But the kids have been carted off to their grandparents, and I've had a chance to catch up on the archers. And I've just got one question. Where's Ian? Aside from brief appearance buying geese from the interchangeable Fairbrothers, he hasn't been seen anywhere. This is strange, as he was once so close with Helen that we were almost all convinced that he was the donor that contributed to Henry's existence. Lovely Ian would have noticed Helen's increasingly strange behaviour, and he hasn't even congratulated her on her pregnancy. And do you remember when he punched Rob? Can we all remember that wonderful moment? And now Adam is back to flirting with Charlie, inviting him to stay overnight, waiting for him to come to the party, getting cosy in the pub. That scene in the rain was a little bit too The Notebook for me, although with a little bit more botulism than the film. And <laughs> weren't Adam and Ian meant to be getting married? Didn't that impulsive decision come about from the snogging in the bushes on New Year's Eve? 
Ed and Emma got in, were engaged at the same time and they've since got married. I want Ian back. He's lovely and all he wants is to cook delicious food and make his loved ones go on holiday to exotic locations. Oh, and if he could come back to punch Rob again, I'd be over the moon. Bezos. Ian, now, mm. I don't think that Helen is allowed to see Ian because if she saw Ian, she would have to lie about where she was because I don't think Rob wants her to see Ian after Ian punched Rob. That's the right way around, isn't it? Yes. Um, so I think that because she has... Well, it's maybe two weeks ago, she would not have seen Ian because she, she would have felt as if Ian was being disloyal. Uh, that Ian was disloyal to Rob or Ian didn't like Rob, therefore she would have seen it as disloyal if she'd spent any time with, with Ian. Um, because she gets cross-questioned if she bloody goes to the shop by herself, doesn't she? Uh, but now the tide slightly, possibly, seems to be turning a little bit. So she's more likely now to hook back up with Ian again. But she'd be, as soon as she mentioned, as soon as Ian questioned anything to do with Rob and said, you know, she said, what do you mean you didn't, you weren't there when Rob told your parents about being pregnant or whatever? Then, um... She, then she would back off again completely because she'd be too scared of what Rob was going to do if he found out. Mm. But yes, it would be nice to hear him, wouldn't it? Being as he now appears to be completely invisible to the extent that, you know, um, Adam is inviting Charlie over for bloody sleepovers and things like that. And we just don't know. We presume Adam, uh, Ian is working and, you know, that's it. We never hear him. We never know what he's doing. Yes, no, it, it is all rather peculiar. Maybe he's still at Edgebaston watching the cricket. Or <laughs> we haven't heard of him since, have we? No, because he came back from that, didn't he? Because he told, he said, "Did I, you know, did I, did I, did I say anything stupid?" Mm. I bet he did. I bet he talked about cricket rackets or something. But anyway. Emily Thomas, where is she? Paris, or on the outsides of Paris. Tell you what, if you want to go to France and you don't want to leave the UK, guess where you go? A Brittany. And you don't want to leave the UK. Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know. South Kent. Oh, most, really? The most French bit of London. <laughs> I was there yesterday. It's bonkers. <laughs> I swear to, to high heaven. Everybody bar everybody was speaking French. And there's all these patisseries and also... It's, it's, it's rather nice around yeah. there as well, you know. It's just... It's really nice. You know, you'll see, like, somebody... You go, well, they can't be French. Because, and dare I say, it says the black person who's English because they're black or they've got, you know, all got, you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, bonjour. It's like everybody's French. And people in shops are just, you know, they just walk up to buy something at the counter and they just speak French. It really has been overrun by our cousins across the channel. It really has. It, it, it's bonkers. It was very lovely and it's all very pavementy. And all. It, it, I, I, I had a lovely time there. I pavement bought, What do you mean pavement You know, everybody's outside. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. No, it was that kind of pavement culture. That is because they're all French and they smoke. Yes. Well, there wasn't much smoking going on, right? There wasn't, wasn't much kind of gouloir and gitan smoking or whatever the heck you call it. But it was just, oh, it was, it was, I felt like I was abroad. And do you want to know the reason why there's loads of French people there? Yes. Do you really want to know? Not really, but you're going to tell me anyway. So you might. I am. Say. I am. I am. I am. Emperor Napoleon III, when he was booted off the off the throne in 1870, after he was defeated at the Battle of Sedan, um, that's where he came. He came to Britain 
and he set up shop. What, they all came with him or what? Well, then you got all these Bonapartists that oh. kind of came with him too. And that's the reason why you have Emperor's Gate in South Kensington, because Emperor Napoleon III. And he died um, only about a year after being uh, deposed as Emperor of, of the French. And his son, who's also uh, another little Napoleon, uh, fought for the British Army in the Zulu Wars and actually died about 10 years afterwards. And just around the corner from where I live in Notting Hill is a pub called the Prince Bonaparte, because one of his cousins uh, lived just around the corner in Westbourne Park. Hmm. Yeah, so that is the reason why uh, the French streamed to South Kensington uh, about 140-odd years ago, because it was a French émigré hotspot of Bonapartist action in Londinium. There you go. And that's the reason why there's that uh, French Elysee, and that's where Madonna sent her daughter, blah, 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 blah. But it was lovely. It was such a lovely day yesterday to have a baguette and a croissant and uh, all things French. There you go. (laughs) More bulletins as events warrant. Yes, Yes. very good. Excellent. Okay, so we have Witherspoon now. Uh, Where's he from? America. Do you know the reason why there's loads of Americans in St. John's Wood? (laughs) No. I don't either. Good. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, wishing you a happy Halloween, and Angus is wishing me a happy birthday. A tip of my astronaut costume helmet this day to Joe Grundy. At least there is one Ambridge resident in the Halloween spirit this week. I have been thoroughly enjoying his ghost tales. Why are the Archer family members taking him so seriously? And why is Jill begrudging him the ability to receive a tip? Of course I would tip Joe if he were so entertainingly recounting the tales of Julia Pargeter's crypt. My other favorite moments of the week? Linda's annual casting call. The Christmas show is one of the main reasons I became so fond of the residents of Ambridge many a year ago. But one comment, while I did enjoy Calendar Girls back in 2003, it must have been a much more popular film on your side of the pond than it was here. The villagers seem to be as familiar with its characters as they are with those of a Shakespearean drama. You'd think the casting of Annie, Chris, and Lady Cravenshire was as serious as deciding upon a Hamlet, Claudius, and Gertrude. Meanwhile, we had to wait until Friday to get back to Ambridge's own and our favorite Hitchcock thriller. Rob is turning up the control valve. Again, I think to create a Stepford wife and to remove any authority and sense of self-confidence and confidence that Helen has in running a business. He was using the father-son time with Henry as an excuse so that she doesn't see what's going on with the building. I don't think he was doing so to isolate her from Henry. He wants her as both a wife and mother. I know some think he's gaslighting her. I used to think that, but now I don't. Although we know he does want to prematurely increase Henry's level of testosterone and make him and any future male offspring into mini-robs. In any case, we have seen the first cracks in Helen's facade, and as many of us have predicted, Kirsty is the one to get her to open up, and Kirsty will be crucial in the unmasking of Rob. In the meantime, Pip, if you wanted to write business plans, then you should have taken that job. So, so stop helping the fair brethren commit fraud with your cousin Adam as the pigeon. And if you need a hobby to keep you busy, I would suggest taking cooking lessons. 
Your brothers could use a decent meal. Well, time for Angus and me to walk around Greenwich Village in our costumes. I'll post a photo or two. I'll be celebrating what a friend calls the ketchup birthday. See who can figure that one out. Until next week, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. He thinks that Rob isn't uh, gaslighting. He's just overcompensating. Um, trying to... Well, I don't... Uh, I think that's kind of academic, really. He's being an absolute... Uh, this week was unbearable. I'm, I'm actually getting to the stage where when I listen to it again, I'm fast-forwarding through the Rob and Helen bits because I just can't bear it. It's just horrible. And I think a lot of people are reaching that point. Do you and, never listen live? Mm, very rarely. Mm, okay. Um, I think pe- we're now seeing people saying, I'm not listening anymore until this is over. Uh, so I think possibly they've pushed it a little bit in terms of spinning the storyline out. Uh, but we did get Kirsty back and Kirsty did seem to kind of, um, at least Helen has somebody now that she feels she can collapse in front of, particularly as in Helen's twisted little universe um of of perfection that she's created in her eyes Kirsty has already made a dramatic and public bugger up of everything although it wasn't even Kirsty, you know what i mean mm. um she would feel less embarrassed about telling Kirsty that she was unhappy than she would about telling anybody else i think about admitting that things are not perfect um uh, with a spoon you win the unlikely uh, accolade of being the first person to ever call in dressed as a spaceman uh, and uh, I do like the fact that Angus joins in at the end and starts whining when he feels that your your call should end. He starts going in the background. It's very cute. <laughs> um, yes. No, we don't get quite so carried away with Halloween as you lot do. Uh, with oh, spoon. we're getting that way. Though. Because we we're not children. That. Some of us are adults and don't feel the need to dress up. Anyway. Oh, no, it's going that way. And did you bet that that Halloween riot in uh, in in, uh, in Lambeth no. yesterday? Don't know, don't care. Yeah, no, me either. But in the last 15 years, we've become very, you know, Halloween. You know what I'm really sad about? What? Well, after saying that, though, the kind of, the you know, the undertones I'm not up for. But I quite like a good bonfire night. And all this Halloween stuff is, you know, kicking that well into touch. Yeah. However, I quite like Catholics. I don't want them all to be burnt at the stake. <laughs> You know, you know, because it did have you know big kind of Protestant um, undertones that which you know took. It's only a few years ago somebody said to me, as a Catholic, I'm not quite up for it because it was used as a way of saying that we're second class citizens and blah blah blah. I hadn't thought about it like that. However, you know, throwing an effigy on a on a on a big bonfire and it being some Tory (laughs) minister, I'm well up for it. Sorry, Tory fans that listen to Or Dumpty Rob Dumpty. Titchener. Do you reckon? Yeah, there's yes. going to be a few Rob oh Titchener's going God. on bonfires, aren't there? That's what they want to do in Lewis this yeah. this year. Rob Titchener. Yeah. It won't. That'll be Jeremy Hunt or something, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> and also, Witherspoon, I need to take issue with you, my love. Mm. He said, he ended his call by saying... Why to Pip? Why don't, if you want something to do, why don't you learn to cook because your brothers could use a decent meal? Why can't they take cooking lessons? Why is it Pip that has to take a cooking lesson? There are five people in that family, only two of whom are female. 
nobody suggested that the men actually learn to cook or drive to get some food or you know it's just like oh no you've got ovaries therefore the oven only works for you it's ridiculous it's like this idea that the uterus is some sort of satellite navigation system and that if anyone shouts out where is my you will always know because you have you know female equipment for god's sake there is absolutely no reason why Ben, Josh or David cannot... You know, it is pathetic, this storyline. Just bloody finish it. Yes, we're going to have some sort of nonsense emotional reconciliation with Jill and, and Ruth. And Ruth saying, well, I didn't know if you wanted to come back. And Jill saying, yeah, well, I didn't know if you wanted me. I don't want to feel... Oh, love. Ah. Getting all more hooty than normal. And then just move back in and shut up and get on with it. I don't care what happens to the writing desk. I don't care what happens to Lower Loxley. I don't care who is starving to death. It is their own bloody fault. You do care. <sighs> well, you clearly wouldn't be doing I do, a podcast I if you didn't care. Frothing at the mouth as I am now. <laughs> mm. uh, can I just say though, mm. and I might be slightly jumping forward, uh, but I was left somewhat disappointed. By what? by the fact that there was a scene on yesterday's episode, yesterday being Sundays, and there might have been a little hint of one in the week, I really can't remember, uh, whereby um, there is definitely been a rapprochement between uh, David and his brother. It's, it's slightly still a little bit kind of uncomfortable. There's a little bit of frostiness, wasn't there? Yeah, but basically they can have conversations now. Yeah. You know, mediated by other people being, you know, in in the ball at that time. But wait a minute. So we had this massive, spectacular fallout, you know, mentally from Kenton. And and then he disappears for what, six weeks or four weeks, gets the cash. And basically things are fine. And I just throw that up just to show the, the level of detail clever writing the long drawn out process of this gaslighting storyline mm. compared to that yeah you know exactly. rob and helen yeah are sucking up all of the oxygen on this thing and it's a very powerful storyline mm. yes but come on it's so unbalanced yeah no it's that was so that was, unbalanced i completely agree that was like right that's done next that you know the, the storyline between david and kenton it was ridiculous you know, it's uh, and I keep on. I I flip between saying this is brilliant and it is really really good, but just saying it's just really unfair to all the other characters because yeah. Rob and Helen are getting all the best lines, all of the, they're getting all of the nuance. They get mm. everything is just devoted to that pair. And and I said many 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 months ago. Really, this has been the Helen Archer show for nigh on three yeah. years now. Yeah. Arguably since the birth of, before the birth of Henry. Yeah. It's been the Helen Archer show. Yeah. It, it, it really has. Yeah. You know, and she's a great character. Um, you know, we kind of, even though she's the victim in all of this, you know, it's not as if um, people actually like her and I or identify with her, with her as a character even though she's so obviously uh, the, the victim because she's this kind of complex character and you nailed her a few months ago uh, in, in terms of her motivations and stuff. But come on, mm. you know, just yeah. all I'm saying is... Share it out on. a bit. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please, Mr. O'Connor. Come on. New Year, let's start with a blank 
clean slate and let's have other characters having you know well hopefully by new year this bloody storyline will be resolved one way or the other because either fallon and kirsty will have you know something will have happened either something will happen with the baby or um rob will rob's true colors will be revealed one way or another won't they they can't, I can't see this. This is this this has got to be the big Christmas denouement, and then we'll have a bit of, you know, people hiding their bits behind a droopy spider plant for light relief, won't they? Which reminds me, I got I got stuff to say about people hiding their bits behind droopy spider plants. Have you? Crikey! Yes, that and that'll be at the end of the show, folks. Okay. Mm. Uh, we've had an email from Ricky Cole in Kenya Um, the archers is so gripping at the moment and not in a good way I can't bear Rob with that nasty little chuckle saying things like I've never been any good at lying and telling Helen she's rambling Mm -hmm. and telling everyone their business like the pregnancy and the step parental order when Helen is clearly so uncomfortable and the stuff about Barrow Farm and if the cows have botulism does the dairy have to stop selling all their milk immediately good question I do not know. I must have. Yes, it must be. They'd just be put on stop, wouldn't they? Mm, I don't know. And uh, but the, the 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 great line to Susan from Susan, uh, no, the great line to Susan from Linda. Your audience wants to see more of you. Made her laugh out loud. I liked it when Susan said, "I only te- Neil's the only one who gets sees me with my top off, and not even <laughs> and not even that very often." Or something. It was very poor Susan. She's such a great character. Are you confident with your body, Lucy? Am I confident with my body? Well, I wouldn't do calendar girls. Uh, but uh, no, yes, I don't really care. I think there are more interesting things to think about, really. I think we've developed a society now, which is upset that that's kind of sorry, I'm going to go off on a rant now. But no, um, please do. that's lost its ability to just be grateful to your body that it's healthy and it gets you places and it does what you want it to do. And instead, we kind of put strictures on it in the same way that we do everything else and um you know it's just this narcissism this obsessive people have stopped looking out they look in and that's this continual self-improvement thing which just stops them engaging with other people really and and, and all these you know selfies and and all that you, you 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 don't judge yourself by what you feel about it you you put yourself up for judgment by a jury of strangers Hello. Mm. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. <laughs> you, you, you surprised me with the the depth and the nuance of uh, your critique on uh, our self image, there, Lucy. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, but, I think because you know, I have because I have a teenage daughter, mm. or just about to be teenage daughter, I think I do think about this stuff quite a lot. And you hear, you know, you you hear mothers despairing. Oh, she wants to go on a diet and she's 12. And you think, but that's all you talk about. You know, oh, no, I was, I'll I'll be naughty and have another piece of toast. And you think, oh, shut up. If you want to be naughty, shoplift. That is not being naughty. <laughs> God. You know, and then, and then they wonder why their daughters are But I suppose, though, I, I came at this by asking you about, are you confident with oh, your sorry. body? Yes. And then you've talked about, self-image which isn't yeah. exactly the, really the same thing is it yes i don't really care i think it's probably i wear what i want to and um i don't really feel much pressure to do what yeah yes so i, I suppose i am hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. Hmm. Okay. Why? No, I, I, I was just asking for a friend, that's all. What do you mean asking for a friend? A friend wanted wanted to know if you were confident uh, getting your kit off. Why? For for the for the dumb dumb calendar. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and you took this to a whole another intellectual level. I <laughs> to know if you know if you if you thought your your bosoms were perky enough to be on this. <laughs> yes, they are. I am looking down at them now, and it is looking like look like an aerial shot of the M3. So yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> I am. It's it's Andrew Horn. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you a podcast um, which I was pointing in the direction of, um, which is rather good. Uh, my dad has written a porno because <laughs> it's it's genius on so many levels. Yeah. Uh, so this guy's dad has written uh, a porno. Uh, and he's trying to put it on Amazon self-publish. And I forget how he discovers this, this guy. And he says, oh, my God, you know, my dad's written a porno and it's just incredibly shit. It's so bad. <laughs> right? It, that would we, kind of be better, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just it's genius because, you know, now because this thing has rocketed into like the top 10 of the iTunes oh, charts no. because him and three friends just read it out. <laughs> and they piss themselves laughing. It's absolute oh. genius. Every line, they dissect it. And then, there's, you know, and it's like, so she took off her bra and her breast plummeted to the ground. <laughs> and all of a plummeted! Hey! <laughs> it's laugh out loud funny. And, uh, and of course, now, his dad's going to get loads of people buying his book. Yeah. Who's next? Are we are we done with the spoon? Oh. I don't know what I said. I can't even remember what the call what what the call said. I just know that that um, Angus Haggis kind of kind of whined. But yeah, we've done, uh, we've uh, done, we've we've done. done with a spoon. Oh, okay. Um, oh, then we did an email. Oh, all the way from Kenya. Email. Kenya. Yeah. Yes. Kenya, darling. Mm. Um, Janice Winch wanted to say that she started listening to the Archers thirty three years ago when I was pregnant with my daughter, who is now a vet because we said last week we don't have oh, any vets. Yes. 
and so is our husband. I do check vetty storylines with my son-in-law, Lawrence, who is helpfully a specialist in farm animals. And he says the cow death business is totally authentic and mirrors an actual case where hundreds of cows were lost very quickly in similar circumstances. Blimey. Um, and just because we always want to know what people do, she was a family law solicitor. She's like, Usha, But she had to give up due to stress. After 25 years, too many cases like Robin Helen. Yes. And now she yeah. works in a library. That sounds much nicer. Um, and oh. my other yes, daughter went to Oxford from a comprehensive school here in the north. So go Pip. Go Pip indeed. Not Pip. Go uh, Phoebe. Yes. Yes. Mm. Um, talking about Robin Helen and having a, a slight leap of, uh, of the imagination... Uh, not quite the same relationship, but um, a few episodes ago, I did say to people, what should I be watching? And many people said, Dr. Foster. And I actually caught up with it all uh, yesterday. It's rather good. Rather good. I love Siren Jones. Love her, love her, love her. Uh, loved her from Corrie Days. She's she's most awesome. And did you watch it? No. Mm. Well, she just plays the line between uh, bright bonkers obsessive crazy on the edge just so well and you don't kind of kind of know uh you know kind of how to take her but but it was it was very good uh, very good so thank you all those people that said royfield watch dr foster because it was very good i've been watching mr robot oh what's that about then oh it's about hackers it's really good Is I'm, it an, I'm very interested American, in hackers. yeah it's amazon it's on amazon Oh gosh, I'll, I'll give that, I'll give that a watch. It's really good. Um, Jacqueline Berto, uh, I want to express my absolute relief. That she this... is confident with her body. Is she good? Yeah. That this ridiculous domestic crisis at Brookfield has been headed off. Jill was always going to go back. It was a long and painful journey. Ruth has always irritated me, but these last few months she has totally got on my wick. Someone on Twitter said, "Can't any of them put on a supermarket order to be delivered to them?" So true. Frankly, I thought it was lazy script writing. Here, here, Jacqueline, I completely agree. It was, and they, it's, it was just ridiculous. And it was sort of demeaning as well to the whole family that we're expected to believe that none of them who can run an incredible, you know, can run a successful sort of business um, can not organise getting, you know, even if they just had ready meals, at least they'd be, you know, just get 20 ready meals and then at least you've got something in the bloody freezer, which is already full of meat. Hassett, Hassett Hills meat anyway. Mm. You know, there's a farm shop. It's just ridiculous. It is so stupid and so patronising that we're expected to swallow this shite. <sighs> anyway. You are right. If nothing else, it would be a whole load of ready meals. Yeah, I would. But uh, yeah, no, I I don't know, because I just thought, well, they lived on a farm. If you're just hungry, you just wrung the neck of a <laughs> chicken or something. I don't know. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all we're all out of beef. We'll just slaughter a cow. It's not, it's, it's not cold comfort farm. I have right. been rasseting the meadows. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Hi there, Dante Gomez. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Just a couple of quick things, really. Um, the fair brethren will need to buy some extra grain to start force feeding their geese next weekend. So any sign of uh, them buying grain shows that they've uh, got a bit more of an idea on selling geese livers at a high premium price. Um, and the second thing is, I really want Ruth to be eating humble pie when she asks 
still to come back. Um, I'm sure Jill will give her a nice apple pie or something to make up for it, but come on, Ruth, you kicked the poor old deer out. She was 85. So um, here's hoping that you'll run back under the uh, roof very, very quickly, maybe by the weekend. Okay, uh, hope to see some of you on the 14th. So Jojo Sexy Heels signing up. Bye. Lucy, 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 what are you going to be doing in approximately two weeks' time? I'm going to be appearing topless at the Dumpty Dum Dinner. Ooh, While I you like that. shoot a calendar or something. Are you going to turn up Lady Godiva-like? Yep. Really? Yep. You're going to ride through the streets of London on a horse in the buff? Yep. Or are you just well, going to wear a Mac? Or in Scout Hut if raining. Uh, yeah, I'll just wear a Mac, I think. PVC Mac. It'd be very hot, you know. Not, know. You know. It's horrible. Peeling it to... off. <laughs> <laughs> you need to wear something that will breathe, Lucy. Because it'll. <laughs> oh, it'll. Be... <laughs> Shall I wear me Gore-Tex Cagoule? It's not quite the same, is it? <laughs> so um, you're going to be at the dinner tonight. I am. Well, um, some of your pals are going to be there too. Good, good, good. And you, dear listener, can be there also. Now, we only have limited tickets. Uh, they are going like hotcakes, and um, you need to get them like pronto. Because we, pronto, can't, we pronto. have to tell the restaurant beforehand. Exactly. So nobody can they need numbers, them. folks. So yeah. don't believe in this West Indian style to the last <laughs> minute because you're all good British people who like to be organised. Not like my rabble that I come from, right? So you, seriously, though, because we need we need the numbers. So if you want to go, you need to get onto dumdum.com and then you'll see the little Graham Seed tab over on the right. Hit that and um, and then book your I place. I wish Yokel Bear was coming. Me too, and Goddess Diva. Because yeah, yeah, Yo- but Yokel Bear is my is my. What do you mean, my... but Yokel Bear? No, Yokel Bear is my twin soul. Because everything he says, I agree with, and everything that makes him laugh makes me laugh. And I want so to meet what, him. Do you fancy Charlie as well? No, apart from you that. Don't, that's, that statement's incorrect and you don't Sorry, agree with everything no. he says. No, I don't. Do you All agree right. that Swindon is the epicentre of the universe? <laughs> of course. What, you, as any you fool know, so. Swindon is the epicentre of the universe. Mm. No, I would, Yokel Bear, if there's any way you can make it, you've got like about 13 days to, to, to find that way and sort it. And bring Goddess Diva with you. Yes. And hopefully the rest of the other listeners of the Dum Dum universe, because you got to come, because we're not going to see you before 2016, because that's the last Dum Dum event of the year. Oh. Mm. Other than the calendar, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so, uh, so we've done emails and calls. Yep. We? All right, smashing. Right, I tell you what, I'm gonna have uh, a little sit down. Uh, and uh, a little, little, sit down with a little bit of coffee and uh, you're probably going to have something a little bit stiffer, aren't you? As my dad would say, you're going to have a hard drink. You imbibe in some alcohol, Lucy? No, I'm not. Well, you normally do. It's up past ten on a Monday morning. Doesn't normally stop <laughs> you. <laughs> anyway, let's come back the other side and we'll find out what your hashtag, the Archer's Tweets of the Week, are after we speak to Millie Bell. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. 
It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my house, life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. At long last, A Thousand and One Conversations is available to download from iTunes and all good podcatchers. This was a place where women worked to help other women. Sarah Smith cloths are really useful. If you soak them in gin, they make a marvellous Molotov cocktail if you ever get the desire to burn down a yurt. Sarah Smith for the posher washer. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Good day everyone, Millie Bell here. Just as I went to start recording, uh, we had the most extraordinary storm here, thunder and lightning and torrential rain. And I've had to mop up the veranda uh, to stop the water getting under the house, which we don't want. And I've also had to mop up one of the girls' bedrooms because the rain came so fast, the gutters couldn't cope. Anyway, apart from the fact that I'm now completely sodden, uh, we're all fine here, so <laughs> thank you for asking. Uh, this week, has, uh, as usual, has been very busy on all of the Facebook pages. And uh, Elaine McGlone on Ambridge Addicts said, just heard the repeat of last night's episode and noted Eddie shouting at Charlie, he has brought a disease to Ambridge. And it occurred to me, that is what Clary did when she released E. coli into Bridge Farm products. Glass houses, Eddie? Glass houses. Sandra McCarthy on Ambridge Addicts says, Dear Ruth, out in the real world, real women get up, do pack lunches, commute an hour to work, standing because there are no seats, put in a full day's work, commute for an hour home, get the dinner, do the housework and so on, and still manage to whiz around the supermarket once a week for food. So stop bloody whining and get on with it. Uh, That was a very popular theme during the week. Cheryl McCulloch says, I love Oliver. I love him. Oliver is that bit of good luck that Ed needs. Ed sounds better and I hope he comes up with something viable. I cannot believe anyone would take the Fair Brothers seriously. And if they get anywhere on the back of Pip's work, I will be cross. I can't believe David was so relaxed about her doing all the work for the business plan. Cheryl was saying this on The Archers Anonymous. And on Ambridge Attic, Jackie Brown said, Well, how interesting. Rob's utter selfishness and controlling behaviour played right into Helen's hands because she was able to go back and see Kirsty again. No wonder the continuity announcer called it Nemesis. It's so lovely to have Kirsty back, and this was another really good episode, I think. Helen is on the edge of spilling all the beans. Angela Williams on Archer's Appreciation said, So Rob has taken over Helen's life, he's taken over her body, he's taken over her son and decides what's good for him. He's taken over the shop project and now her parents are his parents and she's not invited. Kirsty, now you're back. Do something to stop this obnoxious bastard. I have to say that my current partner was smart enough during all four of my pregnancies not to tell me how I should be feeling. 
because if he had said that, he would have been feeling something and it would have been a little bit more physical. That's just a by the by. Uh, Mark Cairns in Archer's Appreciation said, amazing how all the characters in Ambridge seem to be able to recall every character in Calendar Girls instantly. Not only that, Mark, but can I let you know that you actually currently cannot use Calendar Girls for amateur productions. It's not available. Uh, as far as I know, unless, of course, the average fairy is involved, which uh, she may well be, he or she. Alison Abel Mabel in The Artism Anonymous said, I didn't expect it to look so much like a baby, says Rob. Or well, neither did I. Something with a pitchfork, cloven hooves and horns would be more on the mark. Oh dear, that's really not going to go away, is it? On our site this week, we were asking whether it mattered if Pitt did the business plan for the Fair Brothers. Andrew Horn says, not, oh, it only matters if they pass it off as their own work. Susanna Taylor said she found the opportunity and developed the business plan. Their brethren may have the capital to invest, but without Pip, they have no business. If Adam has any sense, he will demand that Pip is the director of their business. And if Pip has any sense, she'll get a decent profit share. Although, personally, I would say if Pip has any sense, she won't go anywhere near it. Susanna Taylor says, don't work for free people, especially not for superficially charming fly-by-nights, whose father has boffed your auntie. <laughs> I've never heard it called boffing before. Bob Taylor said, I am waiting for Nancy Banks-Smith's verdict on this, aren't we all? And Nancy Dickey says, will matter to Adam if he's deppy enough to go into business with them on the strength of it. So lots to keep us talking this week. It's always utterly charming to be talking with you and we'll have lots more for next week. So until then, and here's hoping we have no more rain today, otherwise I will be struggling. Hooroo! Thank you, Miss Bell. Um, Lucy, mm. um, why don't you tell us what your hashtag The Archers tweets of the last seven days are? Uh, M of Johnson said... Hashtag scruff is trending eighth on Twitter. Shorter than <laughs> shorter than hashtag putrefying dog pelvis, I guess. <laughs> uh, and Roshin O'Connor. This 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 uh, this this uh, interesting what lot a of people. Lovely Irish name. Roshin O'Connor said, "Fictional dead dog in a radio show trending on Twitter." Well done, Britain. <laughs> I um, had a little little thing with a Roshin. McClafferty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Ireland once. She had flame red hair. Ooh. Yeah. She lovely. <laughs> um Claire in the exchange between uh Claire, um between Kirsty and, and Helen. Uh Claire with an eye said, I felt a great disturbance as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror. Tell Kirsty, Helen! Mm-hmm. Um, get, sorry, there are shed loads of these this week. Uh, Gareth, uh, Gareth, who is a GJ Mark Liu, said next week on hashtag The Archers, when Linda realizes that the photographer in Calendar Girls gets his kit off, people remember Chris Carter exists. Yes, that's probably <laughs> very true. Um, Caroline Lloyd said after the tweet along, "Thank you all for being as marvelous as ever. We can get through Calendar Girls and defeat Volderob." Hashtag stronger as one. Uh, yes, it does. We do sometimes feel as if we're a bit under siege at the minute. I do anyway. Um, and this is the truest thing about male-female relationships I have ever heard from Claire Doherty, who's uh, at Dot Stereo on the Twitters. Uh, we should fancy PC Burns. We would actually fancy Charlie. But we've all ended up with a Toby after six pints. <laughs> Oh, Claire, that is so Do you think Yoke will be able to confirm that statement? I think he probably would. 
Mm. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Can I just quickly say, uh, and I forgot to say this before, all those people that says Kirsty's going to come back and save the day, it looks like they're proving going to yep. be proved to be correct, aren't and they? And even Fallon's getting kind of not even Fallon because it, it should be Fallon really, but her sort of she's saying, oh, it's really strange that they just left the party without saying goodbye, or mm-hmm. um, you know, it's strange that Helen's got pregnant so quickly and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. There is there is stirrings afoot. Which is great, as Helen appears to have been completely abandoned by her own mother, who never goes to see her in her own house, uh, rings her up, makes any inquiries as to her well-being whatsoever, and is happy to take entirely the word for her well-being from uh, a man that up until three months ago she detested. So that's good. Yes. Fair dues. Right, now, if any of that rings any kind of bells with you, you can whack it on our forum. You can go to dumdydum.com where you can go onto the forum. You can read stuff and commune with fellow dumdydummers. Now, Lucy. Yep. You know, it was the reason why I asked you about, you know, are you confident in your in your body? Yes. Nobody wants to see me, Auntie Jean and Madame Berto in the buff. Can you believe that? <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer that in any way at all. Now... We somewhat jokingly were saying we should do, uh, in homage to uh, calendar girls, we should do a dum de dum calendar. Who, you know, who's up for it, so to speak? And Auntie Jean, you know, um, and uh, Madame Berto said they'd do it. And I went, well, I suppose I would too. Now we've got you, haven't we? So that's, you know, it's uh, January, February, March, April. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do it? Yeah. Oh. I love you. You're awesome. All right, so we just need uh, eight more months. But I don't know how we're actually going to do this. No, I don't either, which is why I'm entirely confident saying, yeah, I'll do it because I know it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't think it'll happen either. But it's somewhat <laughs> of a jokey forum. But uh, but that's the whole point of it. You know, you just go on there and you just like talk about crap, basically. It's yeah. awesome. Right, now. The next bit's in red. It's basically the back seat of the bus on a school trip, isn't it? Who are you snogging then? <laughs> mind your own bee. You know your beeswax, why don't you mind it? <laughs> uh, the rugby was awesome at the weekend. But anyway. Oh, remember, <clears throat> sorry, you can add your own articles to the site like Mike Hatton with his monthly character tallies and Chris Lois and his weekly omnibus roundup. Um, now... It was Kate Unwin. That was lovely Kate Unwin who said, I'm even buying the flipping cloth. Yes, it was. Well done, Kate. Sorry, Kate. She's a new dumdy dumber. She is. Mm, You'll have to do a caller in or a thing and tell us all about yourself. Uh, Now, the next bit's not in red, but should be after I say, (laughs) we had a review in the iTunes store. (laughs) Five stars. A support group. She's headed it by Kate Unwin. She of the cloths. Uh, the Rotting Dog's Pelvis. Now, this is not often that one starts a iTunes review with the words The Rotting Dog's Pelvis. Anyway, <laughs> The Rotting Dog's Pelvis and Ongoing Abuse of Helen left me needing some kind of support group to continue listening to The Archers. I found one. I am completely addicted and it has got me really thinking about a lot of the storylines. It is so good to know that I am not alone in a lot of my feelings about the characters and the more ridiculous storylines. Keep it up, loving your work. Thank you, Kate. Love you too. Yes, we love your work too, Kate. Uh, And if you'd like to write a review, that would be like 
gratefully received because we need reviews like sheep need grass to chew on. There you go. There's my <laughs> agricultural story <laughs> correspondent there, Royfield Brown. I'm from the city. I don't know this stuff. Anyway, um, so write us a review on any of the iTunes stores. That'd be most excellent. Thank you very much, please. Now, if you would like to help us out in another way, you can uh, throw us the odd little shekel. Now, it's Christmas, so we're not expecting you to throw uh, too much money our way. But if you want to, you can do this by going uh, by following two of the following tips or one of them even. One. Go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find Dumpty Dum to support the show for $2. Two, if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. Now, remember, you can get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe. And as I said before, we know there are problems. Uh, and I will speak to Vladimir and try and get it sorted. But if you're just still struggling, why don't you call us at 0203031305 to leave us a message via your telephone apparatus and it will definitely get through. On social media, you can find us where we're at Dumdy Dum on the Twitters or you can tweet me where I'm at Royfield. Me at Lucy V Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. Also on Facebook, we are obviously Dumdy Dum. So go on to Facebook type in dum dum and then you'll be able to find us and join in our merry goings on there. Uh, what do you laugh for? Merry goings on. <laughs> That's funny. Well, they're not, you know, they're not sad goings on. No, I know. No, they are merry goings on. It just, sound, on. <laughs> just sounded quite sweet. goings on. Merry goings on. Well, they are. People kind of crack jokes and it's all, you know, full of bonhomie and camaraderie. My grandma used to say that, you know. Not what? bonhomie and cam- camaraderie. I don't think she ever said that. She used to talk about if somebody had a, a had a nice a, a nice home or a nice lifestyle or whatever, she'd say, "Oh, she had a lovely going on." <laughs> I've never heard anyone else say that. I don't know whether she made it up. That's, that's a lovely turn of phrase. Yeah, mm. she had a lovely going on. Well, that camaraderie and bonhomie is reminding me of South Kensington again. Yeah, a French. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, just before you go mm. and say ta-ra. Me, um, do you mean? Or, or the lovely listeners? No, no, no. The listeners have still got about another 10 minutes to, okay. to get through. Right. Um, <laughs> is there any... Soldier on, listeners. Hang in yes. there. <laughs> Chin up, listeners. <laughs> You'll be over soon. <laughs> um, you got anything you'd like to say at the end of the show? Bear in mind that I know there's, there's going to be many a man in Middle England who is hot under the collar about the fact that you're going to be on the Dumbly Dum calendar. That you are April. <laughs> the non the non April Fool. The non existent Dumpty Dum calendar. Yes, I am I am greased and ready for the Dumpty Dum calendar. Greased. I have uh, yes, I have I've highlighted and strobed all the bits of me that need highlighting and strobing. And um I shall pose in between my Christmas cactus and my microphone. Smashing. Are you greased with goose fat? <laughs> of course. Fair brethren organic vintage free range goose fat. Smashing. Failing um, that, Joe Grundy will give me a rub down with Bartleby's cloth. <laughs> oh, what what a lovely picture! <laughs> um, now, folks, we have a rather special conversation which we recorded last week with listener 
Amy Gilbert, who for her, Helen's storyline meant so much that uh, she decided to kind of act on it. Here is Amy. Amy Gilbert. Say hello, Amy. Hi. <laughs> um, Amy, uh, you told me that you, uh, you've been inspired by an Archer's character and specifically uh, a storyline which is involved in. Who's a character and why? Um, the character is Helen. And I was inspired because uh, she underwent um, IUI uh, fertility treatment about five years ago to mm-hmm. give birth to the lovely Henry, who <laughs> some listeners aren't so keen on. Is he on. lovely? <laughs> um, and um, back then I didn't really take much notice because I was quite young and um, I thought, oh, this is interesting. But um, I wasn't in a position to sort of do anything about it. Um, it wasn't until a few years later I've I've always wanted a child and it was a really big thing for me and and my friend said well uh, Helen and the Archers did it so why can't you so I was like okay so I went back and listened to the story like in its entirety almost so were you an Archers listener at the time oh yes uh, I've sort of dipped in and out over the past 15 years I find like the Archers is kind of like god if you like it's always there when you need it Mm -hmm. um you know whatever's going on the arches is always there it always goes on um i started listening actually in a very good year in 2000 and ever since i've just sort of dipped in and out over the years um but i started listening regularly again after nigel died bless Mm -hmm. him it was what why did you feel that you needed rui or, or, or ivf i had i didn't have an easy childhood um I was in and out of care for seven years and my mother was in a violent relationship. And when you're a child, all this stuff goes in. Mm. And unfortunately, in my case, it hasn't gone away. I can't trust men. Um, And I wish I could because I've tried. But it was either I wait for years and years for something to come along or I seize the day and like Helen did really Mm -hmm. um you know sort of take the opportunity because one of the things about this Helen's story was that Helen did the IVF at what was what some people would say is at a relatively young age you know Mm -hmm. she was maybe 30 you know possibly in her late late 20s so this story was about five years ago and you said you, you were quite young so don't you feel that really you're a little bit young yourself to want to go down this track right now and I understand what you're saying about the fact that you've uh, not been able to to trust men but your knight in shining armour is just around the corner surely <laughs> I wish um I think it goes a lot deeper than that I I wish that was the case but as I say I've, I've tried over, over the past sort of few years I, I'm very mature for my age um because... how old are you I'm 25. I've done a lot of growing up. I have had to grow up since the age of eight. So Mm -hmm. I had a childhood, but it wasn't what a proper childhood should be. Mm -hmm. And that's why, above anything else, well, obviously I I want a baby because I would like a baby, but I want to give my child everything that I didn't have. Stability, proper, you know, a mother's love, etc., etc. Yeah, I'm a lot older in my head. (laughs) Because, you know, some people my age are still going out and getting drunk every weekend you know but I've never been into any of that I as mm-hmm. I say I had to grow up very quickly well you've been into the arches yes since I was 10 <laughs> so <laughs> you I think a couple of couple of months ago Lucy I think really quite 
accurately described Helen in terms of the fact that she sees herself uh, sees herself as not being perfect and she strives to be perfect mm-hmm. and that's partly the reason why she decided to go for IVF and why she's had these uh, relationships with men which haven't exactly been fulfilling yeah. um that wanted to paint too too dark a picture you you paint a much darker picture of your childhood than than Helen had but do you see a lot of yourself in Helen sort of I mean I suppose I sort of sympathize with her a little bit because I went through problems with eating as well and that was all about being in control and I think at the time, I think apart from Helen thinking you know, being a perfectionist, I think she also used that as, as a method of controlling parts of her life that hadn't exactly gone particularly well. So the eating disorder was a way to control that. I'm like that. I don't like being out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I suppose I do really in some ways. I feel quite sorry for her <laughs> um, sometimes. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> If you want to be in control, uh, the last thing you want to do is become a parent. You're going to have this new little life running around and they've got a mind of their own. I so know. <laughs> how, how are you going to be able to cope with that, do you reckon? Um, I think, well, being a parent is a whole brand new ball game. I think I think I'll just have to deal with that as, as it comes along. I suppose as, as like when Helen had Henry, that completely changed her because I remember actually in a, um, just after she brought Henry home, I think Pat said something like, oh, this is not like Helen at all. You know, she's, 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 you know, she hasn't slept. She's exhausted. You know, normally she'd be trying to, you know, make sure that she looked right and everything like that. But, you know, being a mother's changed her. Mm. Something along those lines, as I remember rightly. You know, I've got to realise that some things are out of my control. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a very steep learning curve for me. So, Yeah. <laughs> So how exactly does it work? Have you started the treatment? Um, you know, how does it all work? You know, without g- going into the absolute... You no, know, it's, it's absolutely fine. I'm more than happy to um, talk about the process. Obviously, when you've done all the paperwork and everything like that, and you have to sign a lot of consent forms, um, which is very interesting. Um, and then you select your sperm donor from either the European Sperm Bank, which is like Amazon for sperm, mm-hmm. or um, uh, the way I went, I chose one of the in-house donors at uh, the clinic in Glasgow. And um, then after you've done that, you pay for everything, you pay for your treatment. So uh, just, just, let's, just let me just stop you there. That's so okay. um, with the sperm, um, so what did you say? You wanted like podcaster or what, <laughs> you know, um, fireman? Um, what, what's the criteria? Um, well, you if if it's if it's from the in-house clinic, the clinic, uh, the clinic ones, you don't get much of a choice. Unfortunately, you there's about seven or eight or however many they have at the time. Um, but the one I did want, he didn't have any slots left, which is a real shame because he was a tree surgeon. Just imagine telling your kid that. By the way, your dad's <laughs> a tree surgeon. So I ended up with James, the taxi driver. <laughs> um, obviously, that's not his real name, but um, yeah, you you get his eye colour, his hair colour, um, his uh, height, and mm. he also puts a nice little message for the child as well. Oh, no, no, the future parents and the child. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I won't see, obviously, that that one for the child until they're 18. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a very anonymous, obviously, for, for good reason. Um, they will only be identifiable 
if they've you know given out if they've left their address and stuff at the clinic the child has to find them when they're 18 you can't do it for them it's it's got to be their choice yeah. okay so, <laughs> so you so you you picked your donor and then obviously you pay for the pregnancy slot which means that um until you get pregnant mm-hmm. you can buy as much sperm as you want from that particular donor if he's got any <laughs> sounds, goodness um, this I sounds know. very agricultural you know <laughs> It is a bit, isn't it? The way IUI works compared to IVF is that it all goes on naturally inside the body. Basically, it's the most natural way apart from sex. Mm -hmm. So first of all, uh, I had to go for three blood tests in a week and it took them a long time to get blood out of me. And then after that, when, when your hormone levels have reached a certain point, you have to inject yourself with a hormone called I can't think. And that was interesting because obviously somebody had to show me how to do that. Um, Why did somebody have to show you how to inject yourself? Because I'm totally blind. And um, it's uh, interesting trying to show a blind person. Somebody that's never (laughs) worked with a blind person. I mean, the clinic has just been fantastic about all that. Um, How have people been? How was the clinic? And then how have... Uh, your friends and family being with the fact that you are blind and you want to uh, be a single mother? Firstly, the clinic, absolutely fine. Um, They've never worked with a blind person before, so I kind of shook things up a bit. My friends and family, well, I got some of the same reactions that Helen did, really. Why why do you want to be a single mum? I remember, obviously, Tony taking umbrage to it Mm. at first for a very long time. My nan is kind of Tony. Uh, Bless her. Um, it's one of those things, I suppose, in their generation that you just don't do, you know, that they did never would have done that, you know, it's, um, so she's still, I think, coming to terms with it. It's not talked about really. Um, it's more sort of. How much of your nan's reaction is, uh, the social stigma of being a single mother and how much of it is, um, she's might be worried about you uh, being um, a mother with a disability, for want of a, you know... No, that's expression. OK. A bit of both, I think. I think, obviously, it, it is a worry for her, though she wouldn't say it because she's like that, bless her. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think it is a worry for her that, you know, she's worried, I think, deep down that I might not be able to cope. But, um, you know, I'm going to prove her wrong. <laughs> um, and um, I will be able to. So when we spoke before, you said that this this hasn't gone unnoticed. So tell us about some of the kind of publicity that um, you uh, going through RUI has generated. Well, I entered a competition um, by one of my favourite authors, Amanda Prouse, um, mm. a few months ago, and didn't think much of it. The the thing, what the tagline was, um, it's it was called "Your Story, Her Words." Basically, you you enter this competition, and if you win, Amanda writes a novel inspired by you so she creates a character inspired by you and um she uh i i it was the the tagline was what would you do for love and i obviously put about i was going to have a baby um the way you know via iui and things and then that i was blind but that wasn't obviously the main point it was the iui bit and then um i didn't think anything of it and a few months later i won so i was very shocked (laughs) um and then Amanda came up to Edinburgh a few weeks ago and we met. And yeah, she's writing the book as we speak. And it's going to be out in February, February the 2nd, I think. 
and it's all meant it's about my quest for motherhood mm-hmm. we did an interview with the um sunday mail the scottish mm-hmm. sunday mail um which was which turned out okay <laughs> so you've got the nation of scotland behind you your story's going to be part of a best-selling uh book no doubt i hope <laughs> you've got all the listeners of dumby dum behind you how much longer do you think or is it advisable for you to you know keep going through treatment if um it's unsuccessful um well they've said that one in six cycles mm-hmm. maybe um i've had two already and they obviously haven't worked so i've just put it down to the fact that it's not my time yet mm-hmm. so i'm giving it a break for a year and a year and a bit or maybe two um just to see you know where i am um i'm just taking it sort of going with the flow really but the next step is to put me on a drug induced cycle i've no idea how that works mm-hmm. um all i know is i have to take tablets <laughs> which is fine so it's it's a more invasive it's sort of way of because they have to check other things and i don't know but yeah they've said that because i've had the two natural cycles that they want to do the drug induced one next whenever i decide to so the old romantic in me still says it's still enough time for your knight in shining armor to to trot into your life <laughs> just ju- just to be, just to be on the safe side well obviously you never know but i i you know it it's it's like with helen again she obviously didn't believe that was going to happen. I mean, obviously, um, you know, no, there's still time. There's still time. Mm. Of course, yes, there is absolutely. But maybe I, in my in my mind, maybe I was meant to do this. Maybe this was mm. what was meant to happen. Uh, I mean, obviously, we don't live in ideals, and this is not ideal. <laughs> um, you know, but we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, I'm just gonna go with the flow, really. And, and see what, what comes out of it. And talking about going with the flow, how the hell are we going to get rid of Rob? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but he's got to come unstuck soon, really. I'm he getting has, annoyed he? with Rob at the moment, really. Everyone is. Um, I mean, that, that obviously that episode where, well, we think that she was raped or, mm. you know, um, that was, oh, wasn't expecting that. Um, but Sean O'Connor has a habit of doing this, doesn't he? He sort of puts these EastEnders-style things in. <laughs> like with the flood, nobody was expecting that either. Mm. That's brilliant. What a brilliant week of, of, of radio that was. Um, it was definitely a soggy week of radio. It, it definitely <laughs> was. It definitely was. Well, Scruff. Well, at least we've had a return of Scruff, at least part of Scruff, haven't we? Well, we think. We think. Um, but no, I, 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 I would, uh, I'd love to go to BBC Birmingham and have a look around, at, um, you know, in the Archer's studio. And so with my friend Louise, bless her, absolutely you, avid fan of the Archer's, she is. Listen, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to meet up you and I and we'll go down there together because I've never been. I'd, yeah, that would be fab because um, I travel everywhere. And it's such a shame I can't come to the meal because I'm in Inverness that weekend. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely love to meet Graham. Um because I'd love to meet any of them, really. Well, next time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to coordinate it with your diary in mind. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Listen, Amy Gilbert, it's been lovely speaking to you. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.